0: to join at oldmarketingschool.com learn go to oldmarketingschool.com learn to apply for the next cohort of Old marketing school certification hey legendary human yes i'm talking to you love the show why not joining hundreds of creatives already part of our collective for monthly masterminds challenges masterclasses and so much more we help creatives make a positive impact in the world with their message and their content so give your creative work the visibility that it deserves. Find out more about how to get involved in the show notes of this episode.
1: In those early days when it's just that hard graft and getting out there and sometimes actually not always being that strategic but just getting on with it and having less meetings and just doing Enjoying. more, yeah. Like I think there's something really brilliant about that.
0: Hello team! Hi! How are you? Fab here from the HBC. I hope you had a wonderful week and I hope you enjoyed our pilot. pilot was recorded a while ago but I think it's still invaluable and I hope you enjoy listening to it and listening to the lovely Amy, who I adore. So Amy, if you're listening, you're the best. Um, but yeah, we're back. And we are back with the actual first episode which i think deserves something like you know trumpets or any sort of celebratory music in any way shape or form like literally now uh but yeah so yeah welcome welcome to the hbc podcast also known as the make an impact show i'm very excited to have you today for our first show um, today is a very exciting day, I am actually going to be off on holiday, just in case you want to know, eventually a holiday, yes, I can hear people being like, Fab, are you okay? Um, but I thought I will leave you with a gift, a parting gift for me going somewhere in the world, just chilling and relaxing and my gift to you is my first interview, interview with the lovely, adorable, incredible, exciting Pip from Pippin' Up. Uh, I thought I would bring a bit of a flair of one of the elements of this podcast, which obviously is also going to be about bloggers, content creators, influencers, but also uh, startup founders, business owners, CEOs. I wanted to have loads of people that can really talk to you through their story of making an impact in this incredible industry. Uh, It's a very exciting month at the HBC. If you don't know exactly who we are, please listen again to the pilot episode to get a better idea. We are working on courses. That's one of the things that we do the best and the most, I suppose. Uh, we are working on our new course, which is called Content Mastery. And if you want to hear more about that, uh, please make sure that you listen up until the end of this podcast or you just go to www.healthbloggerscommunity.com. Uh, the course is going to drop on September the 16th, so not long now. And I'm literally just working like a squirrel on speed, making sure that all the edits are ready, all the content is ready, everything is ready for our students, which is super exciting. What we did, actually, I wanted to share with you because it's a very interesting story. What we did to get what people wanted when it came to the course is that we asked them. Yes, that's what we did. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, you don't need to do more than asking people what they want and they will tell you. I mean, sometimes you have to ask them five, six, seven, twenty 20 times, but they will. And it was really rewarding for us to see that our community was willing to tell us what they needed help with. And it was really exciting that we could do with content. So I got the whole team involved, which was super fun. I got Samantha to uh, help with uh, food photography, but also styling. She's literally the styling queen. She could style anything. She can get your desk and turn it into like a, a beautiful, uh, relaxing a wellness hub in about 20 seconds and five pieces of cloth, which is awesome. We also got Amy involved and we got them involved in also some interviews, which was really fun. And also you got loads of my voice. So for anybody who listened to my previous podcast in the past, or that is part of the community, or is a member of the community as well, guys, I know you love my voice. I know you hear my voice all the time. So I kind of feel like I owe you an apology in a way. Or maybe I should say, well done you for listening once again to my voice. Um, yeah, I incredibly enjoy doing our courses and I'm so excited that we have one coming up. And not too far away from you know, the awards coming up, the Health Blog Awards. And literally, if you don't know what they are, go to healthblogawards.com and you can see our show listed this year is the fourth edition. I know I should know this, but for a second, my brain froze. I was like, fab, what edition is this? Um, so yeah, I'm leaving the girls to wrap up the last bits for the awards, which is super exciting because I cannot wait to, um, get to celebrate new people and celebrate new incredible bloggers and influencers that have done amazing things. So it's a very exciting and incredible time, a very busy time as well. And I think there wasn't any better way to start this podcast to pop the poppers, to get the confetti out than having an incredible pip, another busy entrepreneur. One that I actually met, and I talk about this story in the podcast um, a while back, um, when we pretty much both started, and I got loads of squeezes from them for one of our first events. And Since then, uh, Pippa has grown immensely, and I find that her journey really reflects ours in the way that she shaped the personal brand alongside, obviously, Pippa the way that she built her team, and the way that she's nurturing her team. So really... I hope you enjoyed this talk, hope you enjoyed this first episode of the HBC podcast of Make an Impact, the show. I cannot wait to have you here, and hopefully I will see you again very soon. If you do enjoy this, please, please spread the love. I mean, what about spreading the love? Like, the love. Kind of like, you know, the love train. Um, all you have to do is, seriously, just sharing with two friends. Think about two people, get them in your head. Yeah, got them? Great. These two friends, they're gonna love this podcast. They're gonna love this show. They're gonna love listening to our voices and to hear these stories. Great. Now, all you do, share this episode with them. Be like, girl, sister, brother, mate. You gotta listen to this. This is awesome. If you do enjoy our chat with Pip, then rate the podcast because more people can find it if you review it if you rate it if you share the love this is how people find it so don't be shy don't be afraid (laughs) spread the love share the love let us know what you think and I cannot be more excited to have you with me today right without further ado let's get started with Pip from Pippin Up Basically, what's happening is uh, Instagram is hiding likes, which it they tried in Canada. So they tried to do that in Canada last year. Or oh, actually, beginning of this year. Again, it escaped me when it was, but I think it was the beginning of this year because I wrote an article about it. Just to test it. Mm. And then it's funny, I was reading an um, uh, Instagram post from a lady who owns a couple of companies that you might know as well. Uh, and she was mentioning um, that, you know, it's like... Cause Instagram labeled it as mental health to support people's mental health. to so, it was like, okay. What well, to stop
1: them from feeling
0: like they're being... You know, self-worth and stuff like that. Right. But then it was like, well, she was a bit like, well, realistically speaking, Instagram does it because of, Instagram is a business. So whether you like it or not, there might be a slight interest into that, but it's also, she, she again, it's a controversial thing in, in itself, but she said also so that you can buy more light, you can buy, you know, more ads. So you can see more by people. Because they want, obviously, people to be more on Instagram. So it's a bit of a murky reasoning. You don't know why they did it. I was like, well, it doesn't match. I mean, if they do it for business, I'm not surprised. Because, realistically speaking, they're a business and they want to grow. But just the fact that it could get in...
1: Yeah. It's going to be an interesting game changer, I think, where people just... Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I see what you're saying. It's almost like it's no longer just an open platform they can... They are manipulating it a little bit, exactly. is that what you mean? But yeah. but then um, but then again on my
0: end I was like, well if it just makes people feel a bit better and less anxious every single time they look at their posts, because obviously the people that we work and help most are the influencers, yeah, yeah even more than the brands, even if funnily enough the brands are as worried, I don't know again maybe you can also tell me, not necessarily the worry but you know we're conscious about the likes mm. and sometimes you're like so you know some people were saying that when they trial they want to see the reaction also obviously of the users mm-hmm. people were more caring about what they were posting rather than you know how many likes they got yeah. and that kind of step, that dipped so tested in two countries already so I'm sensing it probably will happen soon
1: wow then they
0: keep on rolling it I think they test it and then they reinstate them just to kind of like yeah. show that it's just a trial just yeah. to see obviously how different markets respond to it And I can see that happening next year
1: I still don't get why it would stop someone's self worth from. Do so you mean that they won't have any likes? You can't see it at all. Or? You can see them for yourself, which is kind of what I'm a bit
0: confused about. From what I mean, you can see yeah. your own likes, but I think it's more like uh, As you saying, younger.
1: I think younger generations potentially. Uh, so they won't be able to externally show how many likes their pictures have got. Okay, okay, I can understand that. They
0: compare kind of like their worth with other people and kind yeah. of be like because again. We're a bit older. I mean, we're still young, mm. youthful, but we're a bit older necessarily than like 15, 16 yeah, year sixteen-year-old. Yeah, yeah, And I think they a lot of pressure. Spend so I mean, realistically speaking, they probably spend so much time on it. Mm. Just kind of like you know, doing a selfie and seeing how many people. Because that's the thing. You might know how many people you have had likes more, but you don't know how many your friends. Yeah, so yeah. It's yeah. kind of the comparison. I think is yeah, a yeah, bigger yeah. issue.
1: Comparing despair.
0: Uh, but I'm interested in seeing what kind of what it means for both brands and influencers. You know, kind of like how is that going to play out?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I wonder if it, yeah, God. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's somewhat, yeah, to some extent, why does it have to be on there? It doesn't need to be on there as a brand. I guess. Right? It's more, it, it's, it is more for yourself to know whether or not things are engaging rather than externally. It doesn't really matter if people see. But then it is a bit like, presumably, there's a bit of a crowd element to likes and things like that.
0: Yeah, I kind of wonder, like, because um, I was talking to somebody who was talking about followers, and that's still a different metric, but still is a metric that obviously can have a bit of an impact. And I was wondering what, because you've done, you know, you have had pitching with people, investors and stuff, so you talked to also, like, to bigger players. Mm. Just out of curiosity, does it, I know it sounds a silly question, but I've never done that, so does it ever, ever come up? As in terms in, of the social media presence like you know it's like oh how many people have you got here or how oh, much of an audience have you got in these accounts is it really such an important thing that kind of when it comes to those kind of conversations or is it more like a generic like what's your audience and how is engaged
1: Um yes it, it comes up a lot and it is a quite a valuable thing um, so especially we've got a younger more millennial audience yeah at Pippenut, so it is something that we um, do talk about when we're talking to investors and things like that. We'll talk about you know, how many followers we have across our platforms and what's the engagement level on those platforms, how much they're growing, what's our reach. Um, and it is it is actually really important. We pay a lot of attention to it. Um, and they pay a lot of attention to it because also, I guess it is for, our, for the generation that we're really reaching, it's so important. It's such an important channel to show that we as a brand have high levels of engagement and can demonstrate that to investors quite tangibly and I think there aren't that many things when you are obviously there are lots of ways to kind of track your brand health and kind of figure out whether people are aware of your brand or how much they love your brand and all these different measures that you can do through um, you know national surveys and things like Mm -hmm. that but this gives you a bit more of a detailed understanding of like who your core audience is and how re- how really engaged they are in comparison to a competitor set. So even, you know, if you do look at your kind of competitors, you can see how big their audiences are and you can see what their average engagement is on some of their posts and things like that. And it is was, was also quite a good metric to do a kind of comparison as to how well you're also performing in comparison to other like-minded brands. So, yeah, it's really valuable and important and um, I think we'll can will continue to be... Um, so with investors or people that are involved in the business more broadly.
0: I like the fact that you said that there's a level of obviously how many people you've got, but also how engaged they are. Because that's that, always like that yeah. kind of things like if you're not talking to your potential customers, you're talking to bots or you're talking to mm-hmm. actual ghosts. That That's probably where the disparity comes in. Yeah. That's why I suppose, again, I didn't talk to, I've never talked to an investor 10 years ago, so I don't know how much, much much more savvy they are. In that respect, you know, I don't know that if something that people were clueless at the time, but I think of realistically speaking, the fact that you can back up the audience that you have with the level of engagement and the conversations. Yeah. It's kind of something that people sometimes forget. It's like if you want followers for the sake of followers, mm-hmm. it's just not gonna be beneficial anyway.
1: Yeah. And I think um you, like like you just said, the quality of the conversations in the way that they're reacting we were having a a conversation about competitions you know Mm -hmm. obviously like a great way to drive engagement in terms of people commenting and tagging friends but it's not competitions are fine and you can use them and I think they're they're, they should be something that you can play around with but they actually don't show true like engagement in something they will get people excited to win it but they won't necessarily someone unprompted saying oh I love this product it is so addictive that is almost like even better quality because yeah. it's so not you know we haven't even asked as a brand for someone to say that but they've felt the need to comment on something so um, but I do think engagement but it, the thing that we find is about trying to give um, a benchmark because I think investors and yeah. they just don't really know what good looks like um, and and to also try and educate around what an engagement is versus what it follows isn't any relevant So it is relevant, but isn't so relevant anymore. And particularly pertinent, I think, with um, influencers as well. Even looking at, you know, actually sometimes it's better to have people who are much more organically interested in your brand that you work with closely, and and that um, smaller followers, it's just more relevant and actually more believable, more authentic, and all these things that play into it. Um, So yeah, I do think there's a bit there's a bit of um, people tend to just look at how many followers you have, but if you can go a bit deeper and talk a bit more about um, what that actually means for the actual interaction you have with people that love your brand, then you kind of have to unpack it a bit more. Um, I
0: have a question about um kind of like not the team structure study, but like your inputs in different areas. Mm. Mainly because, as um, well, as we said a few times when we met or when I meet Tom, uh, so yeah. I'm <laughs> just gonna kind of run into Tom.
1: Who well, is it? Sales, sales. Yeah, he's um, runs all our grocery business, Can all our supermarkets. People, yeah,
0: people probably don't know, but um, I met Tom and Pip when you were just two of just you, and maybe one in. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. So that's why I keep talking about Tom because I see him a lot of the times, so and I keep <laughs> changing my hair, and every so he remembers because now he's scared of me. <laughs> Bless him. But um, I remember that it was again the two of you, and you gave us some squeezes for an event. Yes, one of the first events. And that's as far as we go. Yeah, I remember that and again you were pretty much you was doing a lot more sales I remember you were doing a lot more everything yeah. especially the marketing and this is the reason why I'm asking because most companies, brands especially startups mm. that in this kind of sphere just kind of keep on popping they start from one person or maybe two yeah. people and uh, then it's kind of like having you know hiring people or finding new people that can support your team you've been growing mm-hmm. quite organically at least from what I know mm. like the number of people that you've had and yeah. the people that support you and I'm kind of wondering the balance between them doing their thing, obviously, mm-hmm. but also you wanted to give your input. It's like there's a level of trust, obviously, mm-hmm. but also there's that thing about you, you know, a uh, personal brand is something that I think you're yeah. very aware of. Because yeah, otherwise you yeah. wouldn't be at the front of the brand so much and we understand how impactful mm-hmm. it is. So I'm kind of wondering about that, like, you know, navigating an area that you enjoy, I suppose, and that you kind of like passion, and not just the product, but
1: also the marketing, yeah. the communication,
0: and also having somebody else do it. Um, it's been a while now they've been going. So I suppose, how yeah, is that been
1: for you? Yeah, it's such a good question. Um, because it, and I'm sure you've experienced this as you've grown your business, it, your job kind of changes every six months mm-hmm. as you're kind of, either your focus shifts um, as a business, suddenly you might be doing something completely new for us. It might be like a completely new product range. Or, you know, you suddenly build your team out a bit more and suddenly you don't need to do some of the stuff that you were doing before. Um, and I've, I find certain areas easier to hand over like naturally i think um you know i enjoy sales but i know that i don't need to be the one um doing the day-to-day management and there's a skill set from you can win a customer like you can win a supermarket like sainsbury's but it's so different to like stay with them for the long term and like how you grow that customer is like a completely different kind of skill set much more data driven um you know you have to be a brilliant kind of account manager and 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 for me like you know it's not an area that I'm so skilled at and I think that those areas you start to be like kind of okay and you can can move them quite quickly as you bring in new people other areas um like marketing is so much more challenging where you know you still have a real opinion as to what the look and feel of the products look like and your positioning what marketing you're going to say even I sometimes get a bit like um you know over controlling on say a social media post when you put in my mind I'm like I shouldn't be worrying about this this is not a big deal I should be thinking about the bigger picture but I can still go right down to like um, a the wrong pantone on a social media <laughs> post and it will really like get me and I can't not say but I think there are as your team grows and you kind of build out more people and if we just use marketing because that's probably the biggest challenge I think for founders. And product and innovation as well, but it, it, you have to almost work really collaboratively and kind of be open and upfront about the fact that you'll be involved in certain areas and slowly try to loosen the reins over time, and and that therefore requires to find the the right person who will be okay with that and won't yeah. hold it, want to hold everything, but but want your opinion or be open to hearing what you have to say. But I think, for instance, we've just um, brought on ahead a head of marketing called Jack, and she started at the start of the year. And what's interesting is that actually she, she's got totally loads of knowledge and experience that I genuinely don't. I genuinely don't know anything about. So we're doing like I mentioned a. Uh, campaign in September and we're investing a bit more than we have ever done before and that requires a much better understanding as like how how to spend that money like almost it's easier when you don't really have very much because you just know that there's a limited amount that you can do but as soon as and our budgets by the way are not big but as soon as they get a bit more that actually you don't want to you want to make sure you're investing it well um suddenly actually it's hard it's actually quite a hard job budgets that are smaller easier in my opinion because you want you like, right, we'll just focus on this one thing and do that really well. Um, but I do, I mean, I, I do find it challenging and it's sort of, I actually get to the point sometimes where I'm like, right, I'm going to write down what my key areas are and focus those as the team grows because, you know, as you strip stuff out, you need to kind of refocus actually what where you add the most value because you could end up getting yourself a bit too in detail on, I don't know, a factory negotiation and actually you need to step back and it's probably not the place. So... My job now is much more um, a lot of stakeholder management, which is kind of a crappy way of saying, just (laughs) like you try and make sure people know about the brand and you get your face out there both with, I don't know, buyers as much as it is with, you know, trying to meet interesting other businesses that you can share learnings from and just supporting the people within the business like my senior team and the wider business as well to make sure that we're kind of moving in the right direction so it's a lot less doing but much more sort of shaping um and asking questions and things like that but yeah I mean it's one of those things you'll have to ask my team and be like is she complete control freak <laughs> because I'm like, I'm feeling like I'm super <laughs> relaxed but maybe everyone's like she just can't get a step away she's a nightmare <laughs> hopefully not I'm just kind of coming in yeah, yeah. But you
0: know what I do get that it's like um the How can you manage a team, especially when you get a team, if you keep on doing, if mm. you do everything, if you kind of hold them by their hands at all times. Yeah. And I think it kind of comes to another question, which is still, an, um, I think this is a stickier one, and I explained why. When we both started again, pretty much roughly at the same time, mm. so we got a bit back infancy of the industry as well yes in my opinion also a lot of people they maybe didn't want to get into it as much so really and also the the blurred lines about interns or people they kind of work experience were very blurred overall not just in our industry
1: yeah tasty.
0: so I find that even when you want somebody with experience it was harder because if they were coming from another industry probably they wouldn't want to jump in at first Ah. which is harder realistically speaking there were less people wanting and willing to do the jobs so I I utilize interns actually at about seven or eight people working mm. with me in the beginning just kind of more on an interim basis um, and I was often I would pick up one and, yeah. and, uh, and then that I stopped that so but I also know that you had like sometimes you still have like ambassadors or people that kind yeah. of come to so I'm kind of wondering your learnings and if you first of all if you agree with me in the way that now first of all you see a lot more skilled people or people that come from other industries jumping in yeah. and bringing a bit of fresh and also I personally don't have interns in that way unless it's something of a case of getting somebody that can just shadow and help with various things and they can learn a lot yeah but if i'm hiring somebody i kind of want to buy into the experience as well
1: yeah yeah i don't
0: know if you agree and kind of what your journey was when it comes to this as well
1: yeah so um very similar to you which in the early days we had normally at any one time a couple of interns supporting us normally within marketing um, but we've also had like field sales as well doing kind of like um, on the streets hustling um and actually i'm first i'm a big believer that personally that interns should should be paid so um and i think there's a lot of kind of miss mismanagement there in that sense And i think if you're even if even if you know you, you're not necessarily paying them as as much as you'd like but i think it's still important to pay that pay for someone's time and investment and i think you're right, though. The sorts of work that they'll be doing versus when you're fully employing someone, your expectations are much higher. But also, you're requiring an element of being able to be a bit more autonomous and actually not so reliant on necessarily you to be so directional. Um, it is sort of later down the line we have had more experience and brought that into the business. But I do think there's just something to be said about like just people that are really hard workers, and I love we've. Um, We've got three people in the business, I and mean, we're fifteen, so we're not big, but three people that have been interns have now um, become full time employees, and are kind of moving and growing within the business. And I personally think that it's a great way if you you get a sense check for you know how much they love the brand, how hard they're going to work, and actually if they're smart and hungry, they they can normally learn what they need to know from a kind of um, yeah through a network of people and just learn by doing. And I also think. Particularly from my own perspective, you know, I didn't know what I was doing at all, and <laughs> it, I do think it's a sort of testament to which, like, you can just figure it out if you are smart enough to do to do it. Um, that said, at some point, there does get a point where. The brand is growing and, you know, like I said, if budgets get a bit bigger and suddenly you need to be able to make sure that you've got a little bit more protection and, and a bit more experience in order to take the brand to the next level. And that's where some more experience we've brought in sort of senior roles within the business now. But in those early days when it's just that hard graft and getting out there and sometimes actually not always being that strategic, but just getting on with it and having less meetings and just doing, doing more. Yeah. Like, I think there's something really brilliant about that. I think now we probably do do a lot more like consulting the whole team or we do a little bit more like, you know, let's think about this a bit more carefully, strategically, what's this mean for the future? But I think in the first couple of years, it was just like, just crack on and do it. I'm, <laughs> I and it worked, but I think that when you're really early stage, you kind of need to be testing out lots of different things and not be necessarily spending all your time reporting on everything and things like yeah. that because you're too small.
0: I also find that, and I like what you said actually, and it made me think about another point, which probably might have been, a bit misleading when I said it at first I think it was also a mentality thing when it came to like the less experienced people and in the way that you kind of had needed help which is as you yeah. say part of the business so you would get somebody in that you kind of already knew that probably wouldn't be able to stay because of just yeah. you know everything was so agile and things were moving so fast and I find that for me the difference actually I'm saying this because she might be listening Amy works for us and she's our marketing and editorial mm. uh, and she started as an intern for God knows how long bless her and you know, she started to say like we paid them what we could, and we just trying to do it as many days as I can just to get her in. But I already had a conversation with her, and I was like, I'm happy to give you the experience, but just for you to know, in this, but right now, if it goes well, I will need you on board. Because yeah. I've had so many people that come and go, and I think it's also part of respecting yourself and your brand at some point, to be like, where do we want to be? Is there time for us to just get people to have experience? Yeah. And do that or is it time for us to just the good people that we think we're going to keep also because it gives them that's what at least also Amy mentioned to me just and Samantha actually before her who works in events for us Samantha mentioned that just knowing that there was a position that could potentially come after yeah, us yeah, which it did mm. it just makes them feel more committed Yeah, and it's on a conversation if they're not interested in that they're like no I just want to do a bit of this and maybe yes but most likely no you're like yeah. cool yeah. it's yeah. fine for us but I think it comes to me at least it came with as you say those years We're just figuring it out, getting as many people coming and going just to try and get things going. Yeah. And then after a bit, be like, actually, what is the best thing for me and for them?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And I think um, if you do take on people and if you, you know, in the first few years we had quite a young team and nothing wrong with that, but quite a young, inexperienced team probably more to the point, which was brilliant. And I think there's always that thing of having really upfront conversations, like you having a conversation with your intern to say there's... There is or is there is a role here, or actually we don't have a role at the end of this, but just so you're aware you're gonna get loads of experience. I think as long as you're really clear with what is happening with people, they can then make the decision as to whether or not they're happy with the kind of parameters that you're setting in the same way that as you then bring in more senior people, like having quite open conversations about what this means for the existing people who have been there since day one. Um, you know, you just got to be open and transparent. And I think most people are aware that as the business grows, the needs and demands of the business also shifts and yeah. um that's sort of what's exciting about it, but it can sometimes feel a bit chaotic. Um
0: it's kind of an interesting thing though, because again the reason why I know that you understand a lot of it is because right now the industry is is first of all it's so varied, like health and wellness yeah. kind of fits into so many things like your food brand really so speaking, but there's yeah. the health edge. You know what I mean? It's just that the wellness and well being is tied into sustainability as well. So yeah. there's so many conversation going on. And that's why it's a more mature business, sorry, industry, even if it's really young still. Yeah. And I found that we started when it, everything was very infant. Yes. And you kind of had to like stand your ground a lot to explain to people that, you know, that this is something that has a fresher faces as well. Yeah. I think there was yeah. a lot of misconception about it and, you know, what was considered healthy or natural or simple realistically speaking was potentially other than nut butter companies or even like the you know the supermarkets own nut butter yeah, 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 yeah. Example, which wasn't at all mm. you know what you would expect anyway yeah um, and I think a lot of people think and that's kind of another question for you as well obviously not to sing your praises but kind of to sing your praises that's you your were also in the book as an example but it's like you were one of the first and obviously mm. that gives you leverage yeah. but also want people to understand again giving you a bit of praise there but it's that's not going to be what makes it yeah. it's not, okay, I'm the first, therefore I'm going to be always at the top, no yeah. matter what and I think that's something that people might I'm not saying that everybody will think that, but some people might be like, oh yeah, people has been going for so long they were some of the first, they were yeah. the first getting into saint so place as a different kind of nut butter that makes, makes things easier to be um, on top of people's head, I don't think it does
1: yeah, and and that feeling actually as you start to become a little bit more established, it it's still like you look behind you a little bit and think who's coming up behind me but also that um the food and drink industry anyway like there are so many small startup brands these days and people are innovating really really quickly like um and you know you are in that wider sphere not just in your particular kind of product category you are in that kind of health and wellness space and you are trying to compete for noise and space and actually even when you think about it from a marketing perspective, you know, five, ten years ago, there was probably half the amount of sort of startup, independent, healthy brands. And we're all kind of trying to reach similar-ish people and, and buy for their love and their money as well, like with buying our products. And so, you know, it's hyper-competitive and actually there is less white space around and there's much more noise. So trying to get cut through is actually a lot more challenging, but also there will always be smaller brands that will be, Creeping up through, that can actually start to have quite a big impact on your business. So, yeah, you can never really rest on your laurels. And actually, sometimes I find as the business grows, you almost get a bit more nervous because you've got more to lose with it. Like you know, you're experiencing like great growth and it's really exciting, but at the same time, like you know that you've got bigger, bigger to fall now, and actually you've got a bigger team that you're supporting. So it comes with like bigger some more pressure different pressures but I always used to think like in my head like I'd always fast forward three years and be like god in three years time this would be like first first month or two out the door in three years time I'll I'll be like super chilled like it'll be if I make it that far like it'll, it'll all be amazing when I get there and yeah. that kind of like always trying to get to like the, the, the bottom of st- the rainbow or something you know you're like oh, it when it's five years time that's when it will all chill out and suddenly it'll be easy and it never really gets easy. I've just forgot. I've just stopped saying that now because it it just shifts and and changes, and different challenges come in. Like different things happen economically. Like bloody Brexit's going on. You know, all these things start to impact you, and you just can't really predict it. It's not straightforward. So I
0: guess as I, as I think about saying as you're going along, kind of checking in with yourself and saying because I think it's just you, you were chasing a feeling you're chasing the feeling of feeling more chilled or having more time or just something yes. so it's like well if you're chasing it hoping that the external environment yeah. around you is going to change for that it's not going to do that it's never going to happen so it's kind of you have to actually be strict with yourself with creating some boundaries such a good point yeah you know because you are the only person that can change that you can yeah. feel more chilled and literally have you know 100 people around you trying to call and get your attention you just say after seven o'clock, doesn't matter, I'm not going to respond to yeah. anything, it's your problem.
1: Yeah, and I definitely think, you know, in the first, um, when it first started out, we were peddling and I don't think I really stopped, I just just carried on going and just kind of, there was no um, off button and now I just can't do that anymore and you almost just have to claw back a bit of your life really because it's not sustainable and it doesn't mean you're not committed and you don't care because you fundamentally do, but you just know that it's not good for you more than anything else, and yeah. actually, like you, you it, it's really exhausting. And I think there are points where you know you almost hit that burnout point, and you almost you have to be quite um, conscious to rein it back in. And you know that someone will always try and shove a meeting in at like <laughs> eight thirty or eight am in the morning. I do it sometimes, or <laughs> creep it in at like seven seven thirty when you're trying to get home. And even if it feels like important, you want to do it. It's, it's sometimes better just to just say no I'll just push it back a week and what who cares like doesn't some things don't matter as much as your kind of own sense of like health which yeah it's ironic when you work in a food brand that's all about healthy lifestyles. lifestyle <laughs> but that's the thing I think we are the ones that
0: we kind of a lot of the time I'm talking about us I just like because I know I, I created something myself so yeah. I do a similar thing we put ourselves last we put everything else before us our customers our clients the people the team mm. because we do because you know the, I think if you want to create something to make a big impact in other people's life and to make them happier you tend to be quite a giver anyway yeah you tend to be altruistic and empaths imp- givers they're similar people yeah. and they all have the same issue give yeah and what you have that's most valuable right now your time yeah that's why yeah, I appreciate yeah. you even just kind of being here and chatting to me mm-hmm. because I appreciate it. it's like it's an hour of your time and that's why also i I appreciate when some of my friends, I uh, ask them maybe to do something together, like a collaboration and their work and, and blurs. Yeah. And then I say no. And I'm like, you know, some people might find it harsh, but I understand. And, you yeah. know, I, I get that because um, I'm there myself. Sometimes I have to say no, even if it sounds really good, because mm. I know that, you know, that I'm not going to be able to put myself first every so often. Yeah. Because you cannot say you always put yourself first. It's unrealistic. No. no. But you have to be able to say, okay, this is a time for me, this is the time mm. for family, friends, lovers, whatever it is. Yeah,
1: yeah. Because it's, it's, sometimes you think about it more in like when you think about opportunity costs. Like you think about it, oh, the, from a more of a monetary point of view, but actually it's time more than anything else. And actually, you can't get it back. And yeah, you're pointing around all the things that sit outside of work. Those are the things that are going to keep you steady and, and level headed so that when you're actually in the business, you have the energy to give back to other people and sometimes it's actually quite nice just being alone like I find that (laughs) you know like it's so crazy constantly meetings and seeing people running around London and it's super exciting but then and then you might then go to like your friend's house straight after work and then you're like running from here there and everywhere and actually sometimes it's more about just like literally just doing nothing and kind of sitting and being by yourself, because <laughs> um, I, I find that it, either, you can sometimes forget to do that, oh, particularly yeah. when you're like trying to burn it at both ends. Being like, I want to be everything to my friends and family, but I'm also trying to do a great job in my business. Like, there's something in the middle which is just like just me, and you sometimes even just forget <laughs> that bit. Yeah, who am I as Pip? Just like, yeah, will, well, what do those what people do?
0: want? Yeah, actually, I actually have a question on that on time, just because I think some people don't realise, and just because probably in the last six months I jumped more into being a personal brand, I've always been with the consulting and stuff, but also as the face of the HPC and magically, literally, all opportunities appeared, which I know that you've had a lot as well, like, you go and talk there, and go and run this thing, and go and. and people think, because they see that, and it looks, all great opportunities, as you say, the ones that sometimes don't want to say no to, and you say, you know, they cost your time, so, because you've been doing this for a bit longer than me, and as you say, it's almost part of your job now, Mm. literally being there in front, can you just unveil and actually clarify for everybody, that it is actually a lot, a lot of time. Because yeah. I don't think people still understand that. I don't know if you know what I mean. I say, yeah. Because I will Oh Yeah, you go and do a podcast. Oh yeah, you go and do an mm. interview or oh, you do a panel. It's all cool. You are.
1: It's a lot of time. Yeah. It's a lot of time, and it's like, um, yeah. And it's every kind of person that might email. Do you mind if I grab a quick coffee or um, i have got a few questions? I'm starting something up, and actually, I love doing that sort of stuff, and it really is like satisfying to be able to kind of speak in front of people or give advice to someone that's just starting out on a business but um it's all got to be in balance and actually trying to pick ones where you feel like are most aligned with your values and what you actually so if, you know for me I care about female entrepreneurship so probably those those are the things that are probably more prioritized over some other things um so I think If you're a little bit more structured, and I'm not perfect at this, but Mm -hmm. structured about like what what kind of messages you want to get across, you can start to cut down some of the things which are less aligned to what your ultimate goals are. To um, because you can't do everything, you can't be everything for everyone. Um, And yeah, they, you know, every talk you do in the evening, you know, it'll take at least three, four hours out of your evening day, um, and then you run to work the next day, so you haven't had that switch off. So. Um, but I do really enjoy them, they are, I sometimes find like a talk, if I've had like a week where has been a bit full on, like maybe some things haven't really necessarily gone my way and feeling a bit low, actually sometimes like a talk where you sit on a stage and you can say like, I know what I'm talking about and yeah things are going pretty well, you might say some of the bad things too but generally like it actually can give you quite a lot back as well and there's something quite exciting about suddenly from being... Totally inexperienced in that, in this industry, and being the one in the audience to suddenly find yourself like on a panel with other people that you really respect as well. It's that that does give you a bit of an adrenaline rush, which I think is, is quite addictive as well. Yeah. And, I, and I really enjoy them, I really do. So it's definitely not to say that I'm ungrateful in that sense, but yeah, but you could do so many of them. So you then need to just filter a little just bit. Just finding the balance, I think, is just kind
0: of like saying that as in there will be a time when you'll say yes to everything, and then as you say, there will be a time when you kind of like pick your battles and I think I like the fact that you said about just trying to find the right message so that you can kind of be as in line with it and also find I tend to find or um, tend to say yes now to the opportunities that I also think I can bring more value to Yeah. as well because I know and that's a bit st- that's the selfish side of it though as well I can bring lots of value to the audience but also I'm going to learn something myself yeah her. does it make sense totally I yeah I always learn when I'm on a panel especially when I'm hosting one I'm always learning something yeah Yeah. yeah. there'll and be someone
1: in, sitting next to you that you're like they're really cool, and like you'd have loved to. And it's like interesting to hear how they respond to the questions. I completely agree. Like um, they kind of give you something back as well.
0: And I find that sometimes it's kind of like that extra thing. But I, mm. the only reason why I wanted you to talk a bit about the actual, you know, the time and and the reason that you need to be structured is because when you start and you say yes to everything, you mm. kind of have to, as you say, like the rushing couple of years and stuff. But then at some point, it's okay to rein back in because it can actually be a lot of your time spent on that. So it's kind of like, you know, reality check for everyone. Totally. I actually have one question that is slightly unrelated. It was more on the marketing side. And I'm just asking you because I I know that you guys have been doing this so well since the beginning. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of working with bloggers and ambassadors in general. And obviously, what I do, it makes sense. (laughs) Because a lot of them listen as well. And I just find, um, obviously, it's... It's something that has grown but also I find that you've always done it in a quite natural way
1: Yeah.
0: and I was kind of wondering well maybe like more like how how are you now navigating it yourselves, kind of growing as a company and having mm. different kind of strengths but still wanting to have that as part of the business something that's one person just handles right now mm. or you've got it more like you know within the marketing and social media you just make sure that it's in there just to understand actually from the from the back I know that it's a big thing because every so often I receive some cute things from you guys <laughs> So I know that it's still going, but I'm also wondering, you know, how did you decide to go forward with it? If it's kind of a big part of the strategy or if it's just organically within the marketing?
1: It is actually a a strong thread that is part of our marketing strategy and has been from day one and is actually at the moment getting more and more focused for us as a business. Awesome. Um, I think the reason for that, and well, we've always kept it within our team, um, we do have a PR agency that we work with who do support a little bit but we personally love I'd, I've always had the feeling that I wanted to make sure that either I or my, one of my team is the person talking to the pe- like people that we're working, hoping that will work with us um, you know influencers and things like that because I don't know I think because there's more of a human feel to it um, these are personal brands they're their own you know they're very different from say a journalist who's you know putting something in the daily mail as an example and therefore you might you know, um, you know it's fine for your PR agency to maybe build those relationships but I think there's something about a brand needing to make sure that you build a relationship with and actually understand what they're about a bit more closely and like that's my point earlier if they are genuinely an advocate for the brand I just feel like therefore you that makes more sense that we should work with them so we've always got a big database now that we kind of make sure we keep up to date with all the kind of conversations that we're having. Because I think as much as anything else, particularly if I think about it from an um, influencer or a blogger's perspective, you know, they're one, often one person. Maybe they might have an agent, but, you know, you, you want to make sure that when you are speaking to them, you haven't contacted them three times for three different meetings. Yes, what happened a few times. It must be really annoying. Like you're, like, <laughs> trying to build your own thing and you haven't got loads of people to be responding. And it's also a bit impersonal. Um, and we do try as much as possible to make sure when we are, we do loads of, like, send outs of new product launches and things like that. Um, we we do try as much as possible to make them as genuinely lovely as possible. I think a, a lot of brands do this, so it isn't necessarily anything new, but I th- do think it's the more effort you put into these sort of things, the more likely you'll get something back. But there's that also that expectation, and you, I think that from a kind of how we speak to people, it's just... Don't be pushy like if someone doesn't want to post about something or if someone doesn't want to respond to you like totally fine It's their prerogative and I think some people can get a bit like chasey and kind of be like are you going to post about that the thing that I sent you and it's actually it's not been requested and unless you've actually set up a paid partnership it, yeah, it's, it's, there's say. no obligation um I yeah we do loads of events as well where um again we're looking to do more of those o- over the next six to twelve months because again for us, it's just a really nice way to get people in a room and get to know people a bit better because you actually then have a bit of time to actually talk to, meet them, face yeah. to face. Um But I actually really love it because some of the people who, from day one, um, have supported the brand, because also, uh, particularly in, in the early days, I was at all the events, so I got to know quite them quite, quite well and some of them probably at that stage were much smaller followings, much less kind of high profile in their own rights and it's sort of been really beautiful watching them grow too and I think there's, I think quite a mutual kind of feeling with some people at least that we've got quite a core group of people who actually not just are like the brand but actually have seen us grow too and kind of quite like the fact that as two people, kind of two different types of businesses, a personal brand and a product-based brand, like have grown up together a bit. <laughs> so I don't know, it's all about nurturing people because um, yeah, you're, you're not just dealing with just an agency and also and if you are going direct to people, you've got to be, kind and a good person to work imagine with. Imagine a relationship, yeah.
0: and I think it's actually a skill that is, you need yeah. to nurture. It doesn't mean that you don't have it some people have it but you just need to nurture it you just need to be mindful of it. Yeah. And I'm saying this because the amount of um, our peeps and influencers and bloggers that come to us and they're like I mean, this brand this got my name
1: wrong and I'm like I oh, know, so I know. Lame. small things yeah.
0: like this I'm like
1: Kill. <laughs> I mean, it's me. So you delete the message. I can imagine, or just... uh, well, I don't maybe know not. They did But I was like,
0: <laughs> once they did it with me, and I was like, Are you I was like, dot dot dot. Are you sure this is for me? And I was like, and I actually said it just as a note. I do this a lot with brands myself, so you know, maybe just take that time because sometimes it's just literally like a case of you've done it for like twenty people mm. because like, obviously so you want case, somebody to case. say yes, right? Mm. So I get that, you know. It, I get that sometimes you think that's the best way to do it, but some of these things come at a cost, so yeah. you're better off talking to five people and just taking the time to at least get a Yeah, less
1: is more, for sure.
0: Because then it, that will potentially get somebody. Again, because I'm on the other side, then I appreciate how many brands are trying to figure this out and do it in whatever way they work. Everybody makes mistakes, but I'm like, mm-hmm. you need to understand that some people might take it a bit to heart because they feel like they're not valued from the first interaction that you're yeah. giving them. Yeah. So if anybody's listening... Relationship building is the most important thing, and then the way you want to work with an influencer or a blogger is up to you. Yeah. Paid partnerships, events, you uh, even say like relationship building, and that's it. There are different ways, and yeah. they're different. I think there are different scopes for different partnerships depending on what you want to yeah, do. Yeah, exactly. But whichever way you do it, whichever platform or tool you use, just the more personal you get. I think the more, even if you're paying somebody, again, I don't know how many paid partnerships you've done, but I find that when we facilitate a campaign, People that actually get a connection with the brand are more likely to go away and beyond. So maybe yeah. they do one thing, but then they do, not you know, for the for the rest of the month, they keep on talking about the thing. Yeah, because it's a lot about the relationship. So it just makes a difference. Whatever you're doing, yeah, you're more likely to get a better response if you are literally talking to people, yeah,
1: and not to an Instagram uh, picture. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's it's like what I say, which is you need to, you know, if you have to, has a relationship with say a, a fairly me, good in, like kind of high profile influencer and from day one you need to make sure that that history passes if someone else has come into the team that's new that's now managing influence marketing mm-hmm. um you need to give them the background because there's nothing worse as well than someone who actually has quite a good level of engagement with a brand and maybe un- knows some members of the team and stuff and has been to five of our different events and they get a new person come in and know nothing about the history that was in, in the relationship and so you know, like, sometimes, like, where I think personally, actually, I can actually add value because some, some of these people we've worked with really closely from day one, it's nice to say, like, oh, how's that book launch going? Yeah. If, they, if it's the last thing you spoke about, you know, six months ago. Um, so, yeah, I just think it, it, you put in, a, you, get, it, you get out as much as you put in with this sort of thing. But it, for us, you know, word of mouth marketing is one of our, I mean, it's, it's the best kind of marketing you can ever get. You get a lot of organic obviously naturally people talk about it but for us it's such a great um channel for us to kind of in- encourage that which is why influencers are such an important part of our mix because they are there isn't um you know you wouldn't work with someone that didn't like the brand and if, if you are um and there's that like go back to my point authenticity with it when they are talking about something that they like um and recommending it to their fans so, yeah, it's, it's, I think, a really valuable tool for a particular brand like mine, which is so embedded in that health wellness space, which is got a huge community, obviously, online. That's true,
0: exactly. And I think it's one of the ones that, when it comes to the influencer, has grown the fastest mm. because of so many people that actually have a professional attachment to the industry, also trying to kind of like become content creators, which I yes. think is interesting as well. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's a yeah. bit of a
0: murky one, which is good, by the way. I would say otherwise, the HBC wouldn't be still here. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> there wasn't enough people actually wanting to be you know creating content as much as um, obviously selling their products or being yeah. a PT. Now I have the last question which is my favorite one uh, cause I always get interesting answers and that's the only one that everybody gets asked and I didn't ask you to prepare it because I wanted to be genuine. But it's okay. easy, I promise. No pressure. You have to literally get Charlie, oh there it is. We've got Charlie by the way, the office, office, office. pup. Office pup. <laughs> Was literally doing the little nice like, sausage thing that I really like when people do that. It's really cute, it's kinda like sausaging down. It's adorable. Um, Anyways, we'll put, up a, we'll put a picture of Charlie in the show notes, just because. <laughs> but um, the question is, if you could yeah. have brunch with anyone dead mm. or alive, who would they be?
1: Oh, wow, that is such a good question. Um,
0: Obviously, people not toast or whatever. Yeah.
1: <laughs> God, the first person that sprung into my mind, which I feel like people probably say all the time, is David Attenborough. No, but somebody was
0: saying, somebody must say I developed more all the time and nobody said it so far. So you're the I first one. I'd,
1: I think I'd sit with him. I think he's just so wise. I feel like I'd learn something from him. Um, but also I just think he's just got such a relevant voice at the moment. And um, I think that's, yeah, he's such a dude, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't get old but he does get old, but he just seems to be so relevant
0: You <laughs> will get um, tea, I guess, for him. And yeah. And people not. Yeah. Sounds like a good combo. I wonder
1: if he eats it. <laughs> sure. It's not Maybe quite our demographic. Listening,
0: <laughs> listen, David, let us know. Um, yeah, you're the first one, so I'll let you have David Attenborough. You're going to be
1: there. <laughs> Great, me and David.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much for being Pleasure. here today. Thank Thanks you. for having me. No worries. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Make an Impact show. For more info on the HBC, head to our socials at hbloggers.com or go to our website healthbloggerscommunity.com. Now get out there and be awesome.